This is Journey with Care. Today we have a very special episode in store for you as we celebrate Indigenous culture and acknowledge the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. Joining our host Wendy in this conversation are two incredible guests, Rain Pasqua, a young Indigenous dancer, and his proud father, Kevin Harris. Prepare to be immersed in their inspiring story as we explore the profound significance of Rain's art, their thoughts on truth and reconciliation, and the transformative power of dance. We'll dive into the importance of understanding and embracing the truth as we strive for healing and unity in our country. Get ready to be moved, inspired, and uplifted as we celebrate Indigenous culture and commemorate the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. Let's get curious and let's start the conversation. Welcome to the podcast. I am so delighted to have two very special guests with me here today, Rain Pasqua and Kevin Harris. Welcome to the podcast. That's great to be here. It's a new experience for both of us. Yeah. Rain, uh, this is a very special location, actually, on location in Oklahoma. This isn't normally the place we meet. We usually meet somewhere in Canada, either in Saskatchewan or Manitoba, where you do a lot of dancing. What brings you here to Oklahoma? Um, I came to dance and saw my dancing at a big conference down here in uh, Oklahoma City. It's called CAFO. Yeah, and I watched you dance a storm. My goodness, Oklahoma hasn't seen quite a show like that, for sure not in CAFO. You really danced your heart out, and I loved it. Yep. What was it like to be dancing there? It felt good to dance again and show the people here that have never seen it before. Yeah, and when we're talking about dancing, we're not talking hip-hop or salsa or merengue. What kind of dance are we talking about? Power dancing. I dance uh, men's fancy feather dance. And Kevin, you are Rain's father. Tell me about this trip coming down here and what it's like to watch your son dance into in Oklahoma. Well, yeah, the trip was a first. Uh, Rain hasn't been on an airplane before, so it was mm-hmm. his first time on a plane. And he did amazingly well sitting for four hours. And anybody knows Rain, he doesn't sit still very long. And so for him to Managed four hours in a plane seat uh, next to the window was uh, amazing to, to see that. First time in the U.S. for him. And Oklahoma, because the origin of his fancy feather that he mentioned uh, actually comes out of Oklahoma. So it was really, for me, it was like pretty cool to see him do what he has a passion for in the place where the origins of his dance comes from. So tell me a little bit about yourself, Rain. How, if people wanted to get to know you, who would you say Rain is? Pretty much to say, um, amazing well, guy. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's an amazing guy. He's very humble. There's yeah. no doubt about it. He doesn't like to talk about him himself much, which is very culturally appropriate, being a young Indigenous man. May I change the question then? I would like you to introduce each other. Would that be appropriate? Sure. So Rain Pasqua, he's a 17-year-old young man who comes from Pasqua First Nation, uh, which is in Treaty 4 territory in Saskatchewan. And he's been dancing. Uh, He has had the passion for many years, but 11 years old is kind of when he first was gifted his regalia. And um, fancy dance was the thing that sparked him. And so that's where it started. 
That's beautiful. And I remember when you started dancing, we've had you dance a few times at Care Impact events, and it's really had a profound impact, not only for the art- artistry of what you bring, you're a good dancer, but also the the spirit of reconciliation that that brings to break some new ground and to honor your own culture and that inviting other people to celebrate with you. So now you've had a little bit of time. How would you introduce your dad? What's it going to look like? This is uh, Kevin Harris. He's my dad and he's the best dad anyone can ask for. Uh, takes me everywhere to powwows. He's a... Uh, that's special. He's just that special. Oh. That's a that's special coming from from a young man like him. He's a he's like I said, he's an amazing young guy. And uh yeah, we do. We get to hit the powwow trail. We know what powwow fatigue looks like this year, don't we, son? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh and my wife Laura Lee comes along. We're powwow mom and dad for some other boys that that hang out with Rain at Powwow. And it's just an honor to be part of that. And yeah, it's a great way to spend the summer, that's for sure. This weekend, we are honoring the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, and I'm curious, and I think there's many listeners that are curious on what the significance is of this day. Why are we spending this day to reflect on truth and reconciliation? So to begin with, I'm just curious from both of your perspectives, what does the significance mean to you? So maybe I'll start and Rain can fill in. For me, and I think us as a family, it's important because the truth is still not well known and understood in the predominant culture of our country. Rain is going to be involved in part of that through, he's actually going to be, he's got four schools uh, that he's going to be going to, to interact with kids and dance for them. And it's really cool to see because a lot of the young boys and gals too really get very attached to him and and want to copy and want to dance with him and, and he does great because he'll you know after he's done a couple of songs he'll interact with the kids and give them his sticks and they'll dance with him and and, and it's really neat to see that take place and so to me that's what truth and reconciliation is about so understanding the truth and seeing the beauty of what he does is certainly part of healing that our country certainly needs to have. Um, But I think the other part of that is, you know, reconciliation requires efforts uh, on two parts, because that's implying that there's there's a problem in relationships. And my personal view and how we look at it is that reconciliation starts with me. From the predominant culture, being a uh, a settler in this in this country, it's incumbent upon me to start that reconciliation discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so supporting Rain and his efforts to connect his culture and his understanding of his traditions to the rest of the world, I mean, he, he, does, he does TRC every time he dances. Absolutely. You know, and, and he lives it. That's what blesses us on a regular basis. That's wonderful to hear. And and Rain, I know you would describe yourself as maybe somebody of few words. However, when I see you... Uh, dancing in front of people, it says it all. It's like a picture is worth a thousand words. Your dance is worth a million. And and what you do and what you exude into the the crowd through your music and dance speaks powerfully to me. You've impacted myself. And I know many people that I talk to, when you do dance, uh, it impacts many people. What goes through your mind 
while you are dancing? What goes through your heart? What are you feeling in those moments? When I'm dancing, I just I feel powerful. Huh. Uh, there's not that much that goes to my mind. I just feel like I just feel good and I feel powerful when I'm dancing. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you look very attuned to the, the rhythm, the beat of the drum. And you, you're like not lost in it. You're so attuned. You're, you're like part of that music. How do, how do you do that? I don't know. It's just, uh, it's part of who he is. Yeah. And you're right. He's described it in the past, you know, as, you know, when mom and I talked to him about his dance and how he's feeling and, and those kind of things, you, you nailed it. He's very attuned to the music. I would even add, and Rankin can add, or correct me if I'm not saying it right, but I almost see it as a an uplifting of himself. Uh, it becomes a very, and not to scare anybody, but it becomes a spiritual endeavor. Yeah. Um, he's talked about the experience, how he feels, he almost feels the creator giving him wings, almost giving him that, that passion. And you see it in his face yeah. and you see it in his eyes, how he transcends into that. Um, because it's, it's a worship. If you Absolutely. want to put it that way, it's, a, it's his way of worship, uh, worshiping the creator and celebrating uh, who he is and where he comes from. And when I watch you dance to the rhythm of that drum, it's worshipful for me too. You bring me into worship. That beat of the drum. I <laughs> Again, this isn't something that isn't my tradition. I don't claim that. But when I'm praying for reconciliation across Canada and for the church to rise up and to, to be part of that reconciliation, actually in my dreams sometimes— the spiritual dreams that I have, and also when I'm praying, I hear that drum. I've asked other people, is that something that is normal, but I hear a drum? And so when you are dancing, it resonates at a soul level to me. I don't know if I've ever shared that with anybody, uh, for sure not on the podcast, but you have led me into worship, and I'm so grateful for that gift. You could have held it to yourself, right? I imagine it takes guts to stand up and Hundreds and thousands of people, you do it all the time. It takes guts to do that, but you do it anyway, and I'm so proud of you. So on that note, I would add to part of the, the reconciliation that I see still missing is the recognition of what you just said. The drumbeat is the, is the heartbeat of, of the creation. It's a heartbeat of, of God's creation, uh, of the Creator's creation. And his form of worship needs to be recognized and acknowledged within the church community. Uh, there's still there's still reconciliation that needs to take place in that. And, and, and when I when I sit in church and I and I worship and at KFO we're going to hear some awesome worship. When I'm listening to that, when I'm participating in that level of worship, in my mind's eye, I always see rain dancing. In my mind's eye, I see him elevated into that thinking. And my hope and prayer that someday that will happen, where there will be worship songs where he can participate in being part of. Yeah. I think then, then there's reconciliation taking place. When that happens, then I see that. I concur with that. I see you leading others like you led me 
on several occasions, leading others into true worship. Now, the reality is, the unfortunate, the uncomfortable reality is, right now in North America, when there's Indigenous dance and representation of culture, even though it brings honor to Creator God, there is a fear, there is apprehension, there's skepticism. How do we go through that? How do we get through those fears and those biases and those things that the, the church often wrestles with um, so that it doesn't become just tokenism? It doesn't just become a cultural show that, that diminishes the value and the sacredness of a dance like that to a cultural representation. There's something more. How do we go through there? Do you, do you have any ideas, Kevin, or, or Rain, on how we can help the church through their heebie-jeebies, so to speak? Yeah, it's a difficult conversation. A friend of mine, uh, Chief Cadmus DeLorme, he said, there's no reconciliation unless there's an uncomfortable conversation. And I think that's where we need to start. And who it's uncomfortable for is for, for my culture, my people, my, you know, the, the Europeans, the, the settlers of the world. That's who's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and that's where we need to start. I believe, and having I've had lots of uncomfortable conversations with myself and 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 with other indigenous leaders when I have to acknowledge where I'm coming from, right? As as a settler in this great land, but uh, once you start that conversation, what I found is that the indigenous view of the world and a way of life is so inclusive. And so welcoming. You know, we as the settler society, we're the needs one to start that conversation and it will be welcome. Yeah. I have never been in a situation where I have not felt welcome in the indigenous culture or the indigenous celebrations. Never ever felt uncomfortable. So we need to get comfortable with discomfort. Yep. And also another important thing that you just mentioned here is that National Day for Truth and Reconciliation isn't about indigenous people doing the work. Because we are the ones, as settlers, we need to enter into those discomforting conversations. We need to challenge ourselves. We need to pursue reconciliation as people settled on this land. I know for myself, I wasn't born innately like reconciled with people. I was part of the system of oppression. I was born into power. And I've had to have those conversations with myself and a lot of loving, embracing Indigenous people who have who have influenced me to understand. What was it like for you? Obviously, we're still in that continuous journey, but what have those moments looked like for you that have brought you to where you are? There's probably been a a number of those uncomfortable places to start with, but they didn't last long. I mean, I grew up, you know, without going into a lot of detail in my life, but I grew up in the far north as a young boy, because my parents were, were up there. My dad worked for the federal government, and we were in Northwest Territories, Yukon, all the way up north. And so I kind of grew up in understanding that there, there are other cultures out there. But always we were in the position of power and authority every time, right? When we started becoming a foster parents, actually, 24 years ago, it was when we began to be educated a bit on the Indigenous understanding, Indigenous culture, Indigenous peoples. Because sadly to say, you know, in Manitoba and Saskatchewan, you know, we've got 80 to 90% of the children that are in the care of social services are Indigenous. When we started that 
path 24 years ago, that was like, wow. Right. And so it was really about, you know, at some point in time in your, in your life, you're going to have an indigenous child in your home. That's the expectation. And so we began to understand a little bit, you know, my wife and myself began to, okay, what does this mean? And what does this look like? And like I said, I've lived it, we lived a pretty sheltered life. And then when we started learning to say, this is a wonderful culture. And then when we were blessed with rain into our lives at a very early age, meaning just born, we made it, and, and we have a daughter too, who's also a beautiful, indigenous, strong woman. We began to start inquiring, what does this look like? And how, because we know how important it was to know where you come from. And so when we started discovering that, and I tell this story, when Rain was seven years old, we went to his home reserve, which is Pasco First Nation, for the first time. And we took him there with us. And um, he doesn't remember it, but we got out of our, our vehicle and we were camping down there for about a three or four day camp where we were learning the culture and meeting family, doing some ceremonies. And it was really a cool experience. But the first thing, when we got out and started walking around, the first thing he said was, he said, dad, everybody here looks like me. His first verbal acknowledgement that he knows it, he comes from a different place. And so it was like, wow. And I said to him, I said, they look like you because this is your family. This is where you come from. This is your roots. This is your history. This is where your family comes from. And this is the land in which your ancestors walked. And I don't think he understood that depth of that at that time, but it was my first, hmm. And then when we, we were welcomed into some of the ceremonies and it was a little bit uncomfortable being the only white guy sitting in a in a lodge of a bunch of men, but I felt so welcome. There was young, there was a man who came alongside us actually and he said, You're new here. He said, Let me guide you, let me help you. And that's what we find in in the culture is that people are so open to teaching, you know, if you're willing to listen and to learn. And so we've learned so much. And yeah, that's that was the starting point. So there's been other uncomfortable conversations which happen all the time because I still have that perspective, right? I'm still of, of a culture that didn't go through residential school. Rain asked me one time when he was learning about residential school, he said, Dad, did you ever go to residential school? And I said, no, I didn't. A lot of my friends that I worked with, a lot of my friends did, uh, who are indigenous, I said, the only reason I wasn't in residential school is the color of my skin. And that was, that was a, a, an eye-opener for him, I think, as well, to understand that. And so those are uncomfortable conversations, but they're essential, and we learn from them. And I venture if you didn't have those uncomfortable conversations, your relationship that you have today, you and Rain, on a very practical level, wouldn't be to the depth that it could be, that sense of belonging. Tell me, Rain, what is it like to connect with your culture? What have those experiences been for you? And what have they taught you? They've been good. They've been fun. And uh, I'm learning every day. I, like, there's no one, no one knows everything. And uh, I'm still learning. Like, I barely know anything either, but I'm learning every day. If you know what I mean by that? Like, yeah. like. Well, I think that's profound, Rain, because I think that's the posture. If there's one message that people need to hear is exactly that. We're learning every day. We don't know everything. We're learning every day. There's a sense of leaning in. If that could be a message that all people could embrace, 
especially as we honor the Day of Truth and Reconciliation, I think we'd be far further ahead, much further ahead in finding that reconciliation, being open. What is it like when you are in a predominant culture that doesn't acknowledge your indigeneity or you you feel different? I rarely feel any of that. Whenever I go somewhere, I just, I just, when I'm dancing, I don't really feel anything. When I'm teaching my dancing or showing my dancing, I just do my dancing and I just go. That's pretty much, I don't feel different or. Because rain is rain and he's a dancing rain. Yep. That's beautiful. And that is beautiful about him. He, he just is who he is. You either accept it or that's your disappointment if you don't. Right. He is who he is. Um, and he'll be who he is regardless of who's around him. But I don't think, I mean, he's a humble kid, a uh, young man, but I don't think he recognizes and acknowledges when he's dancing and there's other people of other cultures, how he impacts them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in tears many times when he's dancing, when I see that. But then when I look around and I see the, the awe of people who watch him, and I see, yeah, you've made a big impact here. Does a and papa's it, heart really good, hey? Yeah. Well, well, yeah. I mean, and I don't think he he doesn't do it for that reason. Right. But I think he creates opportunities for helping other people heal. And it helps him heal. Well, when I hear you both talk, I also see the two of you. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. You are who you are. You have led in your own authentic identity and you bring your whole self uh, I didn't tell people this, but you are the chair of Care Impact, and you bring your whole self. You are who you are, right? And I think that is that is a message that we can all embrace, right? I guess I remember a time this past summer, Rain was dancing at a small community at a summer fest, and he was dancing, and he danced his heart out. Uh, he was the only one that was able to make it, and he danced for hours and hours and hours. And there was one lady, an indigenous lady who, when he started dancing, I watched her and her heart skipped a beat. And and I saw tears in her eyes and I saw healing taking place in her life. And she just was gifted by him through what he did. And and that's that's a vision I have because that's the impact, not only on his own people, on their own Indigenous people, but on anybody who watches, you can see that. Uh, it's it's a healing dance is how far as I'm concerned. Anyways. Yeah. And it's a healing dance of reconciliation. Uh, it's, it's a demonstration of resiliency. It's a connectedness to creator God. There's so many beautiful things that uh, I hope that people listening to this will come with a uh, spirit of curiosity, to lean into with a spirit of curiosity to learn more. That Rain, you said it so beautifully. I don't know everything, but we can keep learning every day. And that's what I'm hoping. Now, I'm, I'm curious, Rain, what are your hopes and dreams in dancing or, or in your future? Where do you want to go with this? I just want to go everywhere and teach everyone about what I've learned, pretty much. Yeah. Do you have certain stages or powwows or, or places that you would like to go? There's a big powwow. It's called the Gathering of Nations. There's a few powwows I want to hit, actually, in the States. Uh, there's a World's Fancy Dance Championship here in Oklahoma. I want to hit sometime in my life. 
Well, you're breaking ground already in Oklahoma City. <laughs> this is the start to a to a bigger dream. Yeah. Well, I want to thank both of you so much for taking the time between your dancing. You can go back outside and dance. I know you're you're itching to go. And Kevin, you and I are part of a, a larger conference here that we're going to participate in. But thank you so much both for sharing your your gifts and sharing your story with us. Are there any other last things that you would like to share with with audience about you or any other last messages? Get out there and learn. Be open-minded. Understand our Indigenous family members because uh, we're, we're all come from the same source. We're all created equal. Mm. Um, and there's beauty in every culture and there's beauty in everything that's around us. And God has gifted our Indigenous brothers and sisters with something unique. So the rest of us need to go out and discover it. And Rain, your final comments, can I just say to our audience that they can check the, the dance in our show notes? Uh, go to journeywithcare.ca, and that's where your words will be through dance. Is that, is that a good, good ending? Yeah. Okay, so journeywithcare.ca, folks, click on the link, and we will have a special feature of Rain on the website. Thank you for joining another conversation on Journey with Care. We're here to inspire curious Canadians on their path of faith and living life with purpose in community. Journey with Care is an initiative of Care Impact, a Canadian charity dedicated to connecting and equipping the whole church to journey well in community. Visit our website at journeywithcare.ca to connect with Care Impact, find the latest updates on our weekly episodes, details about our upcoming events, meetups, and information about our incredible guests. You can also leave us a voice message, share your thoughts, and connect with like-minded individuals who are on their own journeys of faith and purpose. And thank you for sharing this podcast with your friends. Together we can explore ways to journey in a good way. And always remember to stay curious.